Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Now put aside everything you think you know about business practices today and stay right here for the next hour as you're sure to find some surprises and wisdom to help you play the business game right. Now, here is your host, Peter Feinstein. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein, another episode where we tear apart the fabric of business Okay, maybe we don't tear apart the fabric of business, but we sure have a good time taking a look at the rules people use in business and sometimes discover how they either bend them or break them, or in some instances, find that they need to rewrite them. Um, the one thing that is uh, peculiar about everybody who comes onto this show is um, they've all worked it. So, you know, everybody is really good at talking the talk. The people that I bring onto my show and have as my special guests, uh, more than everything else, breathe it, live it. And um, I guess to borrow the phrase, they walk the walk, which is, uh, which is really important. This week's show, um, we're going to tackle real estate from a completely different point of view. We're going to rise above the fray to see the fear that moves through many agents, buyers, and sellers, and give ourselves the opportunity to move through it, beyond it, and to get a clearer understanding of where the industry is headed. The real estate industry is changing rapidly, both from a technology um, and from a pivot in style, type, size, and lifestyle of the next wave of buyers. Agents, it seems, um, fear changes that could make them irrelevant. Buyers fear finding the right neighborhood, affordability, job security. And sellers fear knowing um, if they're going to find the next great place to live, um, will they leave money on the table when they sell? Will their family adjust? How will their family um, and will their family adjust to a move? So we're going to ask the tough questions and let my guest, Jay Jasper, answer them. Um, we'll have an hour of entertainment, and we'll laugh, and we always have fun. Um, and Jay, if you want to, if you want to nod or or say hey or or laugh or giggle, you can do that anytime. It doesn't. Well, I was holding my breath, but <laughs> I, I felt relieved when you said peculiar because I just, you know, I, I said, "Hey, he's describing me." Yeah. So. <laughs> I am strange and peculiar. So here's a little bit about Jay, um, because it's important that you have a sense of who it is we're going to be having a conversation with. Um, Jay asked his better half, Rizan, not Roseanne. That's right. Yeah. You're now a hero. <laughs> better than being a zero, because Lord knows I've done that route. Um, he's asked his better half, Roseanne, to list the first things that came to her mind to describe him, other than how wildly handsome he is. And guys and girls, I'm telling you, sitting across the desk from me, the dude is decked out in a sharp blazer with a great-looking bow tie. I love bow ties. And it's a real bow tie. And those are the best because they are they require a talent to tie. Well, YouTube is wonderful. And <laughs> as Winston Churchill said, no bow tie is perfect and neither are our personalities, so we can tie them any way we want. And see, that's great. Yes. I mean, that's, that's such an embracing of, of just who we are, how we are at the moment. That's right. Um, which is very, very cool. So Roseanne countered back really quickly. She rattled off trustworthy, perseverant, humorous, loyal, determined, visionary. That's really cool. Jay's Minnesota nature 
instilled a difficulty in the acknowledgement of this as he's far more comfortable educating his clients about planning their success in real estate decisions, coaching agents on creating a path and activities to sustain business and communicating to our industry ways to raise the bar of professionalism that it seems to lack. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a whole series of, of pretty significant and tall orders. And what I like about it is um, it takes things from a variety of perspectives. Um, and I think that's one of, the, one of the great gifts that I've gotten from, uh, from doing, this, uh, doing this program and, and speaking with guests is the, uh, the variety and points of view. Um, it helps me remember that, um, you know, one, I'm never completely right and I'm never completely wrong. There's always another way of looking at something. And you have that built into the way you approach things, which is really cool. Well, and I wouldn't say that that's been my whole, you know, my whole life when we're young and idealistic. Well, yeah. You know, hair on fire will run through the wall instead of around it. You know, yep. that's why hair's gone, I think. But, you know, I, it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, in, especially in mentoring. I, I learn more from the new agents, I think, than they, they go, why do you do this? And I said, because I learned from you. Because you're not, you're not uh, jaded yet from the industry. And so yeah. you have a different perspective. They and keep you fresh. They keep me fresh. And yeah. boy, do they. Yep. You know, it's something where um, I work with people as well. And, um, and my work is more spiritually oriented. And it's something where, you know, it's so funny. There are times which just baffle my mind, uh, except not really, where I actually think, you know, I've, I've landed. I've made it. I've arrived. I danger, think, danger. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, I'll have somebody new show up to start talking with me. And it's like getting smacked in the head with a two by four because it's like, oh, yeah, I remember how that was. And it, I mean, it brings me right back to a place of complete humility where it's like, okay, so now I can get off my high horse and I can instead listen and let spirit flow through me, which is way more effective than me trying to figure out that I know the answers when I don't. <laughs> Absolutely true. And, and uh, when we start to take that perspective, uh, you know, uh, I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan and, you know, he always talks about... Uh, failures aren't failures. They're, if you make them learning opportunities, well, we seem to get learning opportunities on a regular basis if we're tuned into that. But that's okay because it makes yep. us better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's more in the bio that you gave to me, um, but I want you to talk about your family. So share a little bit about um, son, daughter. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Uh, well, so I'm originally from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and yet, and yet uh, my family is not Minnesota in nature. So we're not multi-generational Minnesotans. So we don't eat Ludafisk or Lefsa and that kind of stuff. But so I've got, I've got two very, I will call them, my kids are on opposite ends of the spectrum with a wonderful foundation. But my, uh, my daughter, of course, is a um, uh, more of a compassionate, uh, social-leaning young lady who I'm very proud of because she, two years ago, took a, a hot yoga class for the first time, and now she's an uh, assistant manager at the largest yoga studio in Minneapolis. Wow. And I watch her do stuff, and I go, where's the wires hanging from the ceiling? And you didn't get that for me because I would be in traction. And I, I, determination, you know, you watch your kids in determination, you watch them reach fulfillment, and it's, 
it's an amazing process. And so, you know, she's up there, uh, you know, instructing other instructors and teaching classes and leading a little, uh, leading actually a very good size studio. And my son, uh, retired Marine Corps, um, very <sighs> proud of his service. He yep. was determined uh, early on. I remember when he would say, I'm gonna, I want to be a Marine. And we'd go, okay, yeah, whatever. Sure you do. <laughs> And literally, uh, he turned 18 before he graduated, and he went and enlisted and wanted to be an infantry, wanted to be infantry's tip of the spear. And uh, I watched it mold him and how he worked his way through uh, the core and as far as leadership. And mm-hmm. uh, I've also seen the, the trials those guys have. I have a whole new perspective and of what... Uh, our young men and women go through after they've been in, especially in combat. And uh, he's taking his uh, passion to, he started a self-defense training business, um, which, you know, it's like, that's great. You're young, start a business. Uh, If it doesn't work, start another one. Yep. Instead of living in this fear of, well, I should just settle in and be comfortable and careful and and uh, so, and maybe that comes from me. I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. I, my dad was self-employed and, you know, and okay. so I didn't know any better. My mom always said, go get a real job. This is horrible. Go get a real job. <laughs> you know, as I look back, I go, well, maybe that would have, there have been some good points to that. But on the other hand, I don't know that I could, I don't know how I would do if I had to sit at a desk and, yeah, you know, take breaks and have PTO, I don't even know what that quite is. People talk about their PPO, and I go, please, you know, give me, tell me what the acronym is again, because I don't yeah. remember. But yeah, it's it's alien to me. I hear I hear friends of mine say that too. I'm like, uh, oh, that's right, personal time off, paid. Oh, oh paid? really? Oh, yeah. Pay. Oh, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. and yet I admire people who work in a corporate structure. It isn't that because it's something I can't do. It's a different discipline, but I, it is a discipline. Um, and so, you know what, kudos to those that have made a career out of, of making companies better and yep. working their career through that. So, you know, it's, we all are different, thank goodness. So we talk about work. Um, here's just a random question, and we'll do a couple of these. And Oh, no, not yeah. random. Yes, random. <laughs> and then we'll get in kind of the, into the meat and potatoes or maybe even dessert. I, 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 I way prefer dessert. Can we have kale? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually. Kale chips. Kale chips. chips. They're oh. light. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we talk about, uh, we talk about work. Um, what do you work toward in your free time? I work toward enjoying my free time and my free time. Uh, it has been in a, you know, they talk about work-life balance and I'm going to gag because it doesn't exist uh, in, in, in practicality and especially if you're self-employed. Yeah. And, and so, you know, finding that time to enjoy life, uh, you know, we can all look back and go, I woulda, shoulda, coulda. Well, we don't live in the past. We live in the present. Yep. And so my daily strive is to find time for me. One of the things I do is on most occasions I get up like at 530 in the morning, which mm-hmm. for some people is nothing. But for me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, that's not a great time for me. It's dark out. And uh, Roseanne does, she doesn't do, she doesn't do morning. That's the only time you get up <laughs> at five in the morning is if you're traveling to a, 
a destination where the flight leaves that early. Otherwise, there's no reason to be up that early. <laughs> but I've I found I need I need a little time for me just to kind of get my head straight in the morning. And yeah. if I don't do that, I'm off track. Yep. And it's boy. the same for me. The exact same way. Five thirty in the morning. But boy, it's that's uh, coffee's just necessary and but it's <laughs> but it's peaceful i'll take you know i'll take peaceful and the sunrises in arizona are almost as beautiful as the sunsets yeah very true well that's great i mean it's it's good to hear that kind of perspective it's uh, it's similar to mine in uh, in a lot of ways okay so here's um an even not even more bizarre just a bizarre question um, and I've had, I've asked this of a number of different people, not just on the show, but elsewhere, because it's just one of those fun questions. I don't even remember who asked it to me, but it, it just stuck in my head from years ago. Um, you've been given an elephant, and you can't give it away or sell it. What do you do with it? Wow. Is it, uh, is it a uh, white elephant? No, 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 no. We were talking about Could white be. Elephant. White elephant in the room. Uh, if I had an elephant, um, I would, uh, I would, I would bring it to my open houses. I, you know, I would, and and I'd have to then get. Of course, that's the reason to buy a bigger truck. <laughs> that's a good thing because then I could go <laughs> truck shopping to to get the, a big comfortable ride for the elephant. Um, you know, that's that's interesting. We're we, <laughs> whoever asked you that? That's. <laughs> a, uh, you know, uh, what uh, What docile creatures, there's been so much controversy over elephants lately, but, uh, um, you know, I, I, would, I would relish having an elephant. I think that would be cool. It would be. Um, I may, maybe, maybe take it back to its, its habitat, although I think, I think it would like working with me, and, and I would make it a partner, and, <laughs> and maybe it would become part of the logo. I don't know. Yeah, see? We each bring our different perspective to that, and that is... That is the most creative answer I've received from anybody. We each have our own perspectives, um, which is really kind of cool. Um, when we get to perspectives, um, you shared with me, um, you know, in, in our show prep, um, you talked about um, agents, buyers, and sellers. So um, let's take a look at, uh, at that agent world first and um, uh, and from a perspective of fears um, and obstacles and um, and we'll touch on that as um, as our literally as our our opening to it and uh, and just share a little bit about your perspective on 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 that well fear is fear is I've come to understand enlightened really is the driving force to uh, the obstacles to almost everything. And it's funny in my career, so I, I was I had this uh, revelation, I will call it, in my own life as I was going through these ups and downs in my career and, and I could never figure out what it was. Well, it was the cycles of fear. And once mm -hmm. I got through it, it was like a, a for instance is, um, we're in a business where the phone is our friend. Well, I can tell you that I could do just about any creative marketing possible as long as I didn't have to pick up the phone. And I never understood that because I didn't mind. I don't mind knocking on people's doors, cold knocking. Don't mind that. Don't mind talking to you on, on this big 
cool microphone. I don't mind doing, I love open houses. I love that part, but the phone would scare the day. In fact, when it would ring for no reason, I'd get a pit in my stomach. Uh. And what I found was, uh, you know, through a lot of coaching and being ready for that was that it related back to a trauma I had had and that had nothing to do with my business today. Yeah. But until I could see that, I'm still working on that. I mean, that is a, that's a daily battle. I would sometimes have to drive around the block. In my office, that's about four miles to drive around the block mm. before I'd start calling. Well, you know, and, and it's funny, every time I'd call at clients, I'd always hit the softballs first and they'd go, funny you should call. We're thinking about, we were just thinking we would want to sell our house and buy a house. And I'd go, oh my gosh, if I didn't call them, you know, and it would be six or seven in a row. And I'd go, why don't you pick up this phone? Because fear is far more powerful than the success that we could have because that's unknown, but the fear is real. That is, that is such an important insight. Um, we're going to hit a break, and when we come back, we're not only going to talk about that insight and the fear, but we're going to jump beyond that and, and have some insights and on, the, on the other side of fear. Stick around, because we've only got two fast minutes, and I promise you they'll be faster than you can think of, and, uh, and then we'll be back. See you in two. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800 300 9124. That's 800-300-9124. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info 
at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, Peter Feinstein. Back here, Business Rules with Peter Feinstein is where you're at as well. My guest this week, Jay Jasper, agent, uh, real estate agent and broker and um, coach. And, uh, and gosh, you know what? Um, a guy with a, just a great level of insight. And um, his first insight um, came in the, uh, in the first segment where he was talking a little bit about some of the different fears and, and how they related and that his fear of phone um, came from a trauma, you know, years before uh, that had nothing to do, whatever, with his business or picking up a phone. And I know that uh, that's the same kind of thing that's affected me in terms of being a people pleaser and, you know, constantly working for yes when I really want to hear no a lot of times. Um, but I, I, I purposely couch things in, in phrasing uh, that will generate a yes. And, um, and that's changed over the years as I've become more accustomed to that and become willing to accept no's um, and be grateful for them, actually. Uh, it's empowering. Um, it, yeah. My first no is a whole other story, but uh, it was like it, it rocked everyone's world when I said no. And it was an exercise that my coach said, he says, I don't care what it is, for a week, <laughs> say no to everything. He said, and I said, are you serious? He says, everything. You can always go back and say, oh, wait, no, no, yes. But say no to everything. And uh, it was, uh, you know, for Minnesota, well, that steak is really done too well, but I'll eat it. Tastes like crap, but that's okay. I won't send it back. You know, <laughs> and Roseanne would always go, send that back. Why didn't you say, well, that's okay. Cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Well, one time we were at a, at this restaurant and I got the steak and I said, this is awful. She tasted, she says, oh, that's awful. And she says, send it back. I said, well, no. And it was during that week. I said, wait a minute, waiter, this, you said, this was your special. I said, this is awful. Take it back. <laughs> and he looked at me like, Oh my gosh. And she looked at me and said, Oh my gosh. And I was, I went, I said, no. And you know, that, that self respect, self love piece, that seems simple. But when you start looking at it from a respect standpoint, you got to respect yourself first before you can work with others. If you don't respect yourself, how are they going to respect you? And how can you do a good job? And you can't if you don't have self respect. Absolutely. So, anyhow. And it's simple. But not always easy. Yeah. Especially when we're people pleasers, trying to chase acceptance. So you work with a lot of agents. Yep. And and they have fears. And, and, you know, you run up against them. And, you know, and 
I imagine that you're probably pretty perceptive at confronting some about some of their fears. But, I mean, what's your experience in, uh, in agents that have fears that they aren't willing to put voice to? Well, and I think this is the human condition, just not agents. You know, luckily, I'm at a, the company that I work for, Berkshire Hathaway, is, has really good training. But the one thing that no one can be open to training or uh, education or wisdom or knowledge until they are open to themselves. And so the, the one thing I think I've learned is, you know, I, I used to be like, I want to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if an agent isn't ready or a friend or anyone in business isn't ready to face their own fears first, there's no, there, you know, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like AA. If you, you know, if someone goes into the program and they say, hey, help, I want help, but they're doing it because I don't want my wife to leave me or because I want to keep my job, but they're not doing it for themselves, not going to happen. Yeah, it's and, called epic fail. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I run across all sorts of things. And it's simple, to, it's simple to say, well, just do X, Y, and Z. But really what it becomes is people need to work it out themselves. And, you know, one of the, and this will get on to really the fears with buyers and sellers, but it isn't our job to say, hey, follow me. It's to help ask them the questions so they can find their own solution, their own aha moment, because their fears aren't my fears. Right. So to say, oh, that's just like my fear, that isn't, because you don't know, and we don't know. And so really what it gets to be doesn't matter if it's mentoring, it doesn't matter if it's counseling kids, it doesn't matter if it's counseling clients, it doesn't matter if it's counseling myself. <clears throat> it's all about asking the, the right questions about, you know, what, what, why, why, the whys and what's are you feeling and where do you want to be and what do you want to do and 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 how help them overcome them on themselves. And if they don't, it, won't, it doesn't matter. So it sounds like um, the word willingness comes to mind. It is. And I, I think people are willing, but the fear blocks them moving forward. So this fear is white hot. I mean, yeah. it can, it can, it's the paralysis that we've all felt, everyone has felt paralysis of fear. Some people don't like to admit it. They, that's why they you know, buy big watches and drive really expensive cars. Some do. They make up for it in other ways. Or they do, you know, they, they gamble or they do whatever it is. Sure. But until they're ready to um, step beyond the fear as, uh, you know, step into the darkness, mm-hmm. run towards it, ah, that's, that's, <clears throat> that's scary. But once you do it, you go, oh, I should have done that a long time ago. Can't worry about that. Now move forward. My experience in fear, which um, had been significant, um, I'm almost 18 years sober, and um, I congratulations. Rem- thank you. And uh, yeah, I, I've done I'm almost seven. I've, so <laughs> you understand. <laughs> I've, I've done none of it. I mean, it's something where you know the only thing that I do to keep myself sober is to talk to God and let God talk through me. The spiritual experience. I agree. It's a divine intervention, it, unquestionably. And uh, the biggest fear that I had was in looking at myself, just as you've described. And it wasn't until I took the very first pen in hand and began writing and realized it's like, 
wow, this doesn't hurt so much. All I'm doing is writing stuff down. It's like, I can manage this. And some of the stuff I wrote down was painful. And I didn't feel good. And, you know, and, you know it, I was sketchy. Um, but you know what? My guide through the steps was, you know, was this guy who was just the like... inventory, yes. It's oh. like, oh, <laughs> really? Is that everything? Maybe. No, keep writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, just between you, me, and the fence post and everybody else listening, yeah. I had over 600 resentments. Yeah. Well, so, it, it, I mean, it was it was a book. <laughs> you didn't publish it, did you? No, I shredded it. <laughs> but it's 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 something where you know you know first came the willingness, and and in the recognition of the willingness came the understanding that um, you know it was never a matter of can't. It was always a matter of wouldn't. Yes. And for me, that was, that was, obviously it stuck with me. It was a life-changing moment because I realized it's like, there is no one, you know, I don't have strings in my fingers and in and, and, and my joints. There's no marionette, you know, puppet master or something. I mean, this is all of my own choosing. And that's when I realized that, you know what? If I've got someone helping me with this and someone who says they love me and they're caring for me through this process, I can probably do anything. We can do anything. And, we, and, and that has been my experience. So it's actually really cool to hear you go through that with the people, the agents especially, at least on this front side that you mentor. Well, and, and you know, I love seeing people excel. When their light bulb goes on and they take a piece and they go... I took your concept. Because I say, don't copy me. Here's everything. But you're not going to copy it anyhow. Everyone says, why you give it all away? I'm not. Because no one does it. Right. But I had a young agent from uh, on the west side. And he was sat through a presentation I had done. And afterwards he says, yeah, I took all your stuff and I've been doing it. I've been having, I made my own and I've been adding to it. And he, he drove 50 minutes to an open house I was having to come see what I was doing, just to say, hey, this is working, here's something I'm doing, thanks. And it was like, he got it. And not that it was, it wasn't me, no. it was he got it. Yeah. And you know, all I was was a facilitator, yep. and that's what we are, we're facilitators. We aren't, we're not some rock star, we're not, you know, we, you know, we aren't some guru. We're, we were, we're sharing life experiences and hoping it helps someone realize their own and become their own success. I love the theme of mindfulness that, that you're bringing to our conversation here. Um, let's keep on that theme. Okay. Um, but we'll shift the view a little bit um, from fear of um, introspection and maybe cast the view outward um, because one of the things that... Um, uh, that you touched upon again in um, in some of the pre work that we looked at was um, beyond the nuts and bolts of of talking with agents and buyers and sellers um, was the role of technology and which is you know I think on some level there's still an element of introspection that's that's necessary to look at that but that's one of those out of body and out of self. Um, the type of circumstances or experiences that we have to address. Um, what's, you know, what's your methodology for helping um, the agents you're mentoring address and look at that? 
Well, the first one I'm mentoring is me because, you know, I went from, you know, hey, I can turn on a computer and, hey, I got a smartphone to, wow, there's a hundred new apps while wow, this stuff's bombarding me. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Bo old Bose commercial, I keep saying, <laughs> where the guy's sitting in the chair, yeah. you know, and it's blowing past him. Uh -huh. And and so I think my my philosophy is, and I've had some really good, my mentors are good about talking about the blocking and tackling. So we can get all distracted by the latest and greatest mm -hmm. lead source and, and app and web this and web that. Guess what? In our business, uh, we are you know the term has become trusted advisor. Everyone else can get all the the tech, the raw data. We're not raw data providers, but we're now trusted advisors, so we're guiding. And so I say, work on your blocking and tackling, which is making phone calls and doing open houses and knocking on doors and going to and talking to people and use what works for you. I mean, if you're comfortable with some some piece of technology, just don't worry about the rest of them because yeah. there's an infinite, literally an infinite amount of technology. <laughs> and, you know, I go through these periods of I really should do this and I really should do this and I really should do this and I go, no, no, no. No, no, stick stick to it. And, um, you know, there's some great tools. I watch people young and old where I've got a friend of mine, he's an agent, his name's uh, Mike Hurley, and he he has mastered the little videos. He does some stuff that just, I go, you are just brilliant. And that's his gig. Yep. And so we can't be everything. Right. So pick our gig, pick our app. That's enough. And, you know, because there's no, there's no get rich quick in real estate. It's a long-term process. And I think that's the biggest misnomer. They sold my house. They made 7000 bucks. I'm going to go do that for a living. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, good go luck. Ahead, good, go do that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the long-sustained process of building your database and contacting people and however you choose to do that. You know, we even talk about the millennial buyers who... You know, they text you. I had to adjust to people texting. I thought, how unprofessional, texting. <laughs> and now I text. Yeah. And, you know, because I gave up. Um, but, you know, they text. They don't talk to you until you get to a contract. And they go, okay, I, don't, I can't Google this. What do we do? What, what happens? We have, a, we have to understand what our role is as trusted advisor, not as data source. And so much technology is about data. And you can find it quicker and you can do this. They already found it. You're not changing their mind. So be the, understand your market, understand your industry, understand the laws, the rules. Be that person. Be the, be the resource. Be the resource. Be the source for the source, someone told me. That's, a, yep, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like being the observant observer. Yes. Which is a lot of how my life is consumed. Um, which is which is really interesting. We're coming up to another break. Yep. I know it's it's holy cow. Yeah, exactly. It's like holy cow. Um, <laughs> before we hit there, though, um, elephant, holy elephant, holy, no, 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 holy, no, no, I can't. Oh, that wait, I didn't. Never mind. Holy white elephant, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people who are listening how they can reach you, and I mean, just dot eyes, cross T's, every means that you feel comfortable letting letting people know about. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I do have a phone, and I now do use it, uh, 602-301-4862. And a little Minnesotan came in me, 602. Yeah. Uh, and you can reach me, email at jjay at jjasper.us. 
And uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram at de- most of it's under Desert Seller AZ. Love to talk to people. I love insight. I just, you know what? Um, everyone's got something to share. Awesome. So we've still got like a minute. And which oh, is, that was quick. I yeah, was too quick. No, no. You were actually really good because it's, it's actually an opportunity. I have this thing written to my note to myself. It's like, um, what's your philosophy concerning helpers achieve a successful sale as they would define successful? Don't answer it now. Okay. Hold that breath, but not for the full two minutes, but we will be back in two minutes and you'll answer it then. I got to think about that. See, there you go. Two minutes. See you soon. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. This week's guest is Jay Jasper, mentor, real estate agent, broker, and um, an introspective, mindful guy um, who sometimes brings in a little bit of his Minnesota, yeah, in the 602. In the 602, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny. My wife has so many friends who come from Minnesota, and actually, I've begun having more. And she, she's adopted that accent. It's so, an acquired taste, isn't it? It's pretty. It's pretty funny, but I love it. I mean, it's 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 actually really cool sounding. Um, and many people don't know this, but now many more people will. Um, I actually spent 
about six months in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which if you haven't been to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, or you're not from that neck of the woods, you would not know where Eau Claire or what Eau Claire, Wisconsin is. And the number of people that I ran into that had, had, I'm not even sure what I call it, accents. I swear I had to have people write things down a couple of times because it's like, Dean, I don't know. My banker. It's like, I don't know what you just said to me. And he gave me this look like, like, what planet are you from? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> you, you had... I, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I go up, I go up every, about every month, every two months. And I come back with a heavy Fargo-like accent. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Before the break, yes, we were talking about philosophy. We're getting heavy. Well, not really that heavy. Um, heavy duty rock and roll. My question was, um, what's your philosophy concerning helper sellers achieve a successful sale from their perspective as they would define successful? You know, and, and as we talked about, I, that is absolutely the perspective that we need to take in our industry if we plan to be full-service brokers and agents uh, ongoing. Um, you know, the, the online stuff isn't going to take care of that. But a seller's success is not, is never the same for two people. And mm -hmm. um, part of it is understanding. And so you, you, it's funny, listings expire all the time. They didn't yep. sell. They didn't sell. They didn't sell. Why? Well, it's price. It's the agent didn't do a good job. It's this. It's that. What it usually means is that the path for them to success as they define it hasn't been determined or cleared. The parting of the Red Sea hasn't happened mm -hmm. for them. And a lot of times it's, as we talked about, it's they don't visualize where they're going to go. So let's say they lived in a house for 20 years. It isn't yeah. an affordability thing. They got all this stuff. And they go, in Arizona, there's there's no basements. There's no closet space. What am I going to do with all this stuff? <laughs> there's no house that will fit. And if we don't help them see that, we can we can put, as I say, grill on the roof. We can do all sorts of stuff. We're not going to sell the house. Yeah. And when we get into negotiations, it's going to be one hurdle after another because they fear where they're going. And... So for some people, it's it's a financial thing. If it's a, let's say it's an investor, he he's about return on investment. Mm -hmm. If it's um, maybe someone's had a health issue, and so theirs is relieving the stress of a big house or moving to a place that accommodates them. And if we don't ask the questions, trusted advisor, yep. what where you know what's your goals? What what do you want to accomplish? Where do you want to be? What's your what's the what's the absolute fantasy house you'd be in? And for some people, that might be, I want to get a tiny house because I want to travel the country. For some people, it means I want to, you know, I want to buy, uh, you know, a house that fits all my kids and all my family. It doesn't, we don't know. And in our industry, we're all about, I sold $22 billion. I used to kid, it's like, are you selling hamburgers? Because, you know, McDonald's has got the sign. But we're such an, we're such relationship business at its core. Yeah. And relationship isn't about the agent. It's about who their their client and what is their success as defined by them. And if we don't ask the questions, we'll never know. And the I would say yep. when listings expire, it's more because, you know, people the, the the best line I hear is sellers say, I'm not I don't really have to move. 
Okay, you're not going through the hassle of putting your house in the market, getting it all straightened out, doing open houses, putting up with showings because you don't really want to sell. Yeah, it's something else. And if I and I know in my own case, if I just say, oh well, okay, crap, this is going to be a lot of work because they're not really motivated to sell. Instead of saying, well, let's let's talk about that. You know what? You know what? How do you visualize the sale going? And how do you, where do you visualize going? And what are you going to accomplish? All of a sudden, they go, "Oh, here's here it is," and they 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 tell they tell you. And when they when they tell you, then you go, "Okay, now I can create a plan of attack, a, a merchandising and marketing plan that will accomplish that success." We all have conversations that we play in our heads that we never or rarely put actual voice to, yet. I know for myself, and this was this is completely true of me in, in my life, where you know less so now than 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 before. Um, but it's something where you know I would oftentimes hit into a conversation where I would forget that I had not said any of this out loud, and I'll jump in, and I've got people looking at me like I'm an alien. It's like, <laughs> where did that come from? It's like, oh. Um, I don't know, and I wouldn't even share it because I was so ashamed of, of you know, just how crazy my brain was. These days, it's something where it's like, oh, you know what? Okay, so 17 seconds ago, I started <laughs> that I was really happy that I got braces and that I got my teeth whitened, and it turned out to this, and then, and by the, t- by the way, we ended up with me selling the house. <laughs> and people are like, oh, okay, well, at least now I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lot of the conversations when you listen versus talk, yeah, uh, which is hard for people in sales. But people will, and the, you're right, the, the the conversations can go all over. But all of a sudden, it will trigger the real fear, and then we can talk about how to overcome it. Yeah. So flip the coin, mm-hmm. and share share a story or stories of how you work with buyers. Uh, well, you know, the old adage is buyers are liars. And, <laughs> and you know what, that it, it's funny because we all, we all ages ago, we, I, they, what do you mean? They said, they said they wanted a two story and, and, and they ended up buying a condo. It's like, how did that happen? People, you know, people don't necessarily understand what they want. They may know deep down, but how mm. they communicate that is difficult and no one listens. We just set up search. You know, we do. We set up searches. We'll just yeah. we'll show them 120 houses. I hear these stories of people that show 100 houses. I'm going, why'd you do that? I mean, that you're not doing your job. Our job is to listen, and you know, we we can't control how many houses they ultimately want to see, but in essence, if we're listening, we can help fine tune that to where they want to be. And so most buyers. You know, most, most most buyers aren't exactly sure what they want. They, you know, they have a fear of financing. If they're financing, they have a fear of what are what are their what are their friends going to think if they're buying a second home. Is it big enough for everybody? Oh yeah. And my my line is, you know, we got some great hotels here. Why would you buy more house than you need? Why don't you buy just enough for you two, and then you know. Carefree Inn's nice, and you know, Lawns Hermosa. Let's go. There's plenty of places to put people, but set aside all the fears. Well, my family won't come, or this won't happen, and this won't happen. Well, the realities are um, they come to their own conclusions if you ask the questions and let them come to those conclusions. 
And then they aren't buyers aren't liars anymore. They they see the path, they give it to you, and we're not looking at 100 houses, we're looking at 12. Because really that we've narrowed this funnel down to that point where we know exactly what we're looking for. And it may take two trips, that's okay. I'd rather do that than show 100 houses and everyone go, I'm sick of this. Yeah, and I'm not seeing anything that's exciting yeah. me. I just don't see what I want. Well, that's because I haven't listened. I haven't listened to what they want, and I haven't let them tell me. I haven't led them to tell me what they want. Yep, I get that. I, I definitely get that. Um, so the sellers have their point of view in terms of uh, you know their their fear agendas, um, what are the fear agendas that you're able to uncover from buyers? I think that um, as we we talked a little bit about you know perception, so um, people's reason for buying is all over the board. Um, and one of the biggest ones is, is am I going to pay too much money? Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter if the market's good or the market's bad or if the market's in between. I'm not going to pay too much money. Yeah. And, I, you know, since the, the crash, you know, as we all talk in real estate, the crash, um, things have changed. How people perceive real estate has changed. And part of it is the change. And I talked about the pivot in the market, especially in the luxury market, where it isn't so much about the investment anymore as it is the lifestyle. So we're not seeing big houses being bought. We're seeing I'm going to have I'm going to have lifestyle houses. I'm going to have a place. I'm going to stop here and do a little golfing. I'm going to go up to my ski place. I'm going to do this, and I want ease. And it isn't so much about did I get the right exact right price per square foot. It's does that little landing place meet all my meet my desires for mm -hmm. my my lifestyle and. Um, you know, that pivot is, you know, is, is not necessarily always received well because, you know, people are proud of their houses. But um, everything that is being, the trends you see both locally, nationally, and internationally are to, towards this lifestyle versus having a, um, a second home that uh, is their landing's place for all winter or their, you know, their, their, um, or a place where they see as they're, they're going to pass down from generation to generation. We saw that in lake places in Minnesota. It used to be Lakeshore was bulletproof. Mm -hmm. every, every, um, every economic downstream, lake places were safe. Now I have lots of clients that go, yeah, we sold the lake place because the kids have a different lifestyle. They, don't, they saw mom and dad mow lawn, uh, tie the boat back up after the storm, go fix everything, and then leave on the weekends. That was the, what the weekend up north was. Go yep. up north and fix. And they go, that, you know, it doesn't fit us because I'm traveling for work, and the kids got the kids are playing basketball year-round if they're basketball players, and they're in all these events. And yeah, So we don't want the, we don't need the legacy property per se. Right. And that's an adjustment. Um, and... And what it does is it affects the market values in those areas, and that's part of the education is how do we position those sellers so that they can, you know, they can take advantage of the asset they have, but realizing that the, as the demographic gets older, they're, they're buying smaller, yep. they're buying one level, they're, and the young people want high tech, and they want easy. They want easy, easy, easy. And that's a big change. Yeah. <laughs> We were, we were walking through a new build, 
Um, it was some months ago. And uh, it was, was it Lennar? Gosh, I hate naming names. Um, it was a home builder. And their house was like a smart house where it had Alexa built in. <laughs> and so, and I, I have, Ale- I had, uh, I had Alexa um, uh in the house for uh, for a brief time until I re- realized that it listened to everything. But we were walking through this, you know, this house, and I said, "Hey Alexa, play Thunderstruck," <laughs> and, 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 and it and it, uh, it it started playing Thunderstruck, and there were other people in the house. And I'll be darned if the if the other guy in the house didn't begin singing along with it, which was so funny because he's kind of like my age, and, and everyone yeah. looks at me and be like, "You like ACDC?" I'm like, "Well, yeah." Really? It's like, when did we grow? You know, you made the correlation. <laughs> I mean, my hair might be gray, but it ain't dead. You know, the sights, the sounds, the smells of a real rock band. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Before we go, because we are we are literally down to the wire. I think the clock's moving fast. I think it is too. Um, I want your perspective, which is clearly um, above the fray, which I think is really cool. I mean, you you know, you it's like you touch down into the battle and you ask questions and you come up and you observe. Um, tell us what um, what you believe you do that's different from others that are in your field? I think you hit, you said the word, observe. Um, and I'd almost call it a, uh, feel like you're in the upper corner of a room watching the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've had to learn, and so, you know, this is not like I'm, you know, follow me. It's, I've had to learn through the, you know, the School of Hard Knocks about listening. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes uh, I was on an appointment yesterday, it went an hour and a half. Not because I was, I didn't get to talk much, but you need to, we need to listen and observe and body language. And, you know, it's like understanding an analytical versus a artistic type. Because mm-hmm. you do a, a listing presentation for an analytical, and if it's fluff and puff, they're going to go, I don't understand this. And if you do a spreadsheet-driven deal for the arts. They're going, I don't know, numbers. I don't know. What are we going to sell for? And are we going to are we going to stage it? You know, and, and what color pillows do you want? And so, you know, we observe, and it that is it. And I think I think honesty, almost to the point of brutal honesty. Our industry is is very is wrought with. Okay. That's we'll do that. We'll do you know, pricing. It doesn't matter what it is. Where we're not yeah. being honest, and actually, our you know our code of ethics talks about being honest in our profession, professional opinion when it comes to pricing and condition and all these different things. And um, that's that's our job. That's our calling. And so when we step aside from that because it might not be popular, well, then we're then we're being inauthentic. Um, authenticity in our business, it's, it's, it's everyone key. talks about it, but yeah. that is truly authentic. It doesn't, you know, it isn't try to drive the right car, or do whatever to appeal to everybody. It's be yourself 
and be authentic for your client. I love that perspective. And I have really appreciated our time today. You have been just a tremendous, uh, tremendously enjoyable guest. I've, oh, shucks. I've, you know what? I, I've enjoyed, I, I enjoy speaking I have too. with you. And, uh, and I think that uh, there may be opportunities for us to, uh, to do this again. Um, and you know what? I want to thank you for listening to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. We will be back. My guest this week has been Jay Jasper, mentor, real estate agent, and broker, and uh, insightful, mindful dude who, I, uh, who I've, I've really come to appreciate. Thanks for your time and listening today. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you, Peter. And have a great day and great week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning into Business Rules. Be sure to join Peter Feinstein for another enlightening program next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a winning week.